Welcome to Showing Our True Colors, where we tap into our vulnerability, embrace our multidimensionality, and honor showing up just as we are. Here, it's just us, a little universe of our own. Hi, y'all. I hope you are transcending and transforming through these universal shifts. I know right now can feel like a very eye-opening and heart-shattering time. So if you are going through it, growing through it, I hope you just schedule in some time for some play, some rest, you know, taking it step by step um, and really integrating it into your experience, finding ways to move forward. Regardless if it's a big step or a small one, it doesn't really matter. Um, today, I'm doing a little something different. Instead of drinking tea, I have my cacao. Um, this cacao specifically is mixed with maca, ashwagandha, and turmeric. Um, shout out to my fellow Virgo sis, Steph, for putting me on. Um, I started drinking cacao maybe like two years ago. And let me tell you, cacao is true medicine for the heart, for the soul. Um, yeah, I think in general, like for me, I just feel a very strong ancestral connection um, to cacao. So I'm just grateful that it was brought into my life. Um, okay, so if you've listened to the last two episodes, I feel like I don't need to say this, but I don't need to say this anyway, but I'm going to say it. Um, as you can probably already tell, in this house, we think differently. We debunk a lot of rigid ideas and norms that we were taught growing up, whether familial or societal. We change perspectives often and we use everything in our life to help us elevate. So the biggest takeaway whenever listening is really just to get a freshly brewed cup of new perspective. Mm. This is super thick. <laughs> it is. Okay. Um, I'm really feeling our topic for today. I've been waiting to talk about this topic for a while. So our topic is called being the light. What does it mean to really be the light? What does it mean to walk light? And what does it mean to live an illuminated life? So you already know we're going to talk about them boundaries. We're going to talk about communicating our needs and meeting our own. When we hear the term or the statement, being the light, 
oftentimes I feel like we think of someone who always says yes. I feel like we've been taught to think of being the light as someone who is always accessible, someone who is loved by everyone, someone who is the loudest in the room. You know, that person who's always in an upbeat mood and positive no matter what, love and light. I really feel like um, being the light has been portrayed as this person who is completely selfless. And because of this, let's say, misunderstanding or misrepresentation of being the light, I think it can bleed into a lot of people pleasing, you know, it, it can bleed into things like having zero boundaries, um, being performative, toxic positivity, because that's kind of the idea that we've all been fed. So when we don't meet that standard, we kind of feel like we're less than or we're not in a light space. So we don't want to share or be around people. To me, being the light is having the courage to live your full, relentless truth. It is being brave enough to say no. It is knowing when it's time to go. It is being comfortable with who you are. And being completely okay with not being liked by everyone. I think being the light is taking breaks, knowing how to ask for help. It is caring, loving, and respecting yourself so much that you manage what is worth your time. You know when, where, and how to recharge. Being the light is being able to ask for what you need and knowing that you can ask for what you need, that you are deserving of receiving that reciprocation, that help. Being the light is honoring and valuing your life and your energy, okay? And let's talk about energy here. When we start to value ourselves, our time, our space, and our energy become precious. We have to take inventory of how we spend our energy. I'm going to say that one more time. We have to take inventory 
of how we spend our energy. So a good way to measure it is if you think about your day and you think about the things that you do every day and you can even make a list. So when you make a list, you can do things like mm, going to work, reading a book, going on your phone or going on social media. When you make that bullet point list, I want you to ask yourself, is this giving me energy or is this taking my energy? And a good indicator of whether it's giving or taking your energy is by measuring how you feel after you've done it. Do you feel energized? Do you feel inspired? Or do you feel drained? Are you tired? Um, do you have no motivation to do anything? When we take inventory on our energy, we can see where we're expending it. We can see where we're overflowing and what's not giving us back anything. That will show you what is giving and what is taking. And sometimes when we are exhausted, we're burnt out, we don't have any energy for anything that we want to do, it's because we're giving our energy too much to things that are not feeding us back. Guys, let me tell you, I used to give away my energy like free candy on a parade. Like you get some energy, you get some energy, you get some energy. I had no, <laughs> I had no energy management whatsoever. It, anybody could get it. Like my energy was for the streets. Not really, but you get what I'm saying. Um, yeah, I just, it wasn't something when you become more mindful and when you start to value your energy, your time, your space, all of it becomes precious. When we raise our consciousness, we start to see what we give our attention to. We realize how important our, our attention is. And we're not willing, you know, as we grow, we're not willing to just give it away to anything. For so long, I feel like we've been taught to glorify overproductivity, right? To um, self-sacrifice, to self-sabotage, that we didn't realize that the true quality of giving is from a state of fullness. You know, it is a state of overflowing into others from the self. So to give from a state of fullness, it requires a certain level of like discernment, wisdom, self-accountability. And that's how we get into the boundaries. Boundaries are for you. Boundaries are to preserve your energy. Boundaries are so you don't build up resentment. We can choose to either build up our energy tanks or we can choose to build up resentment towards others. And sometimes we don't even know that we can say no. So if I can say anything just to start off with boundaries is practice saying no. 
even if you have to practice in the mirror because you have to have that super uncomfortable conversation with a friend and I promise you can say no. I know it doesn't feel like that and I know your nervous system is saying something completely different, but just practice saying no as often as possible and you know when it's a no, right? You know when you're being asked of something and your body re responds immediately. No, I don't want to do that. The more you practice saying no, the easier it gets. Trust me, I know y'all, it's so scary sometimes. Like I even had to just have like a vulnerable conversation with a friend the other day. And it's hilarious because I was starting to get nervous. Like I could feel like my legs started shaking because I knew I wanted to grow, right? I knew I wanted to be honest. Just like when we're setting a boundary, we know we want to start doing this new thing, but our body is sometimes still on the old timeline. So what I'm saying is that practice saying it by yourself first and then to the friend, to the family member, to the partner and say it with your chest. Remember, boundaries are an act of love. Boundaries are an act of care. Boundaries are an act of respect. And we have to remember that we don't have to set boundaries in a harsh and critical, um, ferocious kind of way. We can set boundaries while still caring about who we're setting boundaries on. We can set boundaries in a loving manner. It kind of reminds me of that thing where, okay, we all have that one friend or it's, it doesn't have to, you have to be a friend. It could just be someone you know. <laughs> when they're just like, I can't help it. I'm just too real. I'm like too honest. That's why I don't have no friends or like that's why I move the way I move. And you're like, no, girl, that that wasn't honest. That was just like mean as hell. And you know, that was a little unnecessary. And you're kind of, you know, spewing out a lot of repressed anger and using your energy irresponsibly. But it's like we think to be honest means to be mean, to be blunt, to not consider others. Just like with boundaries, we think we have to like yell at people. I'm setting this boundary on you because you did this to me and, and no more. I'm tired of it. We can set boundaries before we get incredibly angry. It's because we don't know how and we're practicing how to set boundaries. It's because we've, we're probably angry because we haven't expressed our boundary and we only expressed it when we're fed up, when we're done. So I'm saying that our boundary setting could be as simple as, hey, can you ask me when, when you come in my room and you start picking things up and start playing around with it? Could you ask me first before you do that? And the person's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. It's all about how we communicate it. And if we focus on the heart of the boundary, why are you setting this boundary? Well, because I really 
love my space, my energy and time. And I really have a lot of value for it. And I have a lot of value for others, time, space and energy. Okay, can we lead with our heart? Can we remember why we're setting this boundary and not get caught up in um, our programming? Can we remember, okay, I'm setting this because I love myself, but I also love this person. So that's why I'm going to set the boundary. Remembering the heart and the why of your boundary will have you speaking in such a heartful manner. And when you express yourself heartfully, most likely you're going to have others respond heartfully back. Don't get me wrong. That's not always the case. Nobody likes, <laughs> nobody likes boundaries, be, boundaries being set on them. Let's be honest. Don't get me wrong. Especially people who did not grow up with boundaries or even know what it is. A lot of times people don't even know that they're crossing your boundaries because they don't have any. So you will have varied responses when you do try to set boundaries. But what I'm really trying to say is that it just doesn't have to be in this like cutthroat manner that we are taught that like I'm setting a boundary or ah, I'm doing this. And we have to be responsible with how we're communicating it. We have to be mindful of how we're expressing this boundary and that um, when we move with intentionality, mindfulness, and respect, a lot of times we will have that mirrored back. You know, I think of boundaries like when I honor my energy, then I can honor the energy of others. I can show up as the best me. When I practice my boundaries, I give the best me. Have you ever had someone say yes to you about something and you can tell like they're fully like full body, heart, eyes, everything is present. Every part of them is saying, yes, I want to do this. I want to help you. I want to go here. You can really feel the difference when someone really wants to do something. They really mean it. It's not out of guilt. It's not out of obligation. It's not out of resentment. They fully want to be there. And see, that's something that I aim and I hope all of us aim to practice because it's not easy to say no in fear of disappointing others or feeling like we have to because we're this or they're this friend. It's not easy to drop those transactional ways of thinking. You know, we've been taught, you know, we've been modeled to doing things that we don't want to do. I mean, look, even the school system, half of us didn't even want to do most of that shit. So, and we're not going to get into that, but I'm just saying we've been practicing not doing things that, um, yeah, we've been practicing not doing things authentically for a very long time. We're good at it. We're used to it. Um, you know, we've even seen our parents in some ways do shit they don't really want to do, but feel obligated to. So we know exactly how to do that. But do we know how to practice being honest, being real? Um, do we know how to say no to someone we deeply love, but we are showing them a new way of love, a new way of love that isn't in 
attachment, resentment, obligation, and duty. A new way of love that is honoring both our spaces, both our time, both our energy. Can we move to that new space? Doing from obligation and guilt isn't serving anyone. It's not serving you. It's not serving the person you're giving to. And so if you're listening right now and you're like, damn, I am mad resentful to a lot of people right now. I've been overgiving. I've been doing too much. Ask yourself, when was the last time you gave yourself a relaxing day? Or when was the last time you gave yourself that energy that you put into others, that time, that presence? When is the last time you nourished yourself? And do you really believe that you feel worthy of receiving? Because when we start to nourish ourselves wholly, fully, we organically have space for others. We want to start to pour into others. It's not out of force. It's just the fruits of our labor. There's this really great Brene Brown quote, or I think it was a TED Talk that I saw it, where it it goes something along the lines of this. But basically what she said was, the kindest people, the most compassionate people have the strongest boundaries. I think we really just need to start asking ourselves, what place am I giving from? Okay, so I have a great example for this. Um, I have these bag, this bag of almonds and we're going to say that your good friend is asking you for help to move out. And your honest response, as soon as they text you, as soon as they ask, is no. You are really tired. You're you know, just beyond exhausted and you don't have time and space for it right now. Right? If you say yes... When you want to say no, you think you are doing right by them, by giving them the gift of your time and energy. So by giving them the bag of almonds, you're like, I'm giving you this, even though I don't want to, even though I don't feel like it, even though, you know, I don't have any energy for it, I'm going to help you move out anyway. I'm going to do it regardless. We are looking at our giving at a very 3D physical plane level, just the act of doing. I'm just doing something for someone. But when we start to measure our giving on an energetic level, we realize that we're really giving our friend a bag of resentment, you know, a bag of passive aggression. We don't really want to be there. We don't really want to help our friend move out. We don't, like I said, we don't have time and space and energy for it right now. That's going to show up. You're going to be able to tell. 
So when we start looking at this bag of almonds, it's just not a regular bag of almonds. It's kind of like you're giving someone food and it's expired. It makes the other person sick. Is that really giving people food for nourishment? You're giving people conflicted energy. You know, the, the energy is not rooted in a full body yes. It's rooted in, I don't really want to do this, but I'm going to physically do it anyway. And we fight. Our minds and our bodies fight with each other. So I think us just being conscious of how we're giving and how we can give at a greater quality, at a deeper care, a care for oneself, a care for others. So whenever you're giving, think about where is that energy coming from? Is the energy in joy? Is the energy in excitement? You know, do you... Um, do you feel connected and aligned to saying yes? And you'll start to see a lot shift around you when you start honoring your yes and honoring your no. But when we recognize where we're giving from, what I notice is that sometimes we're giving from places of very low self-worth. We're giving because we're scared of what would happen if if we did say no, or if we did be honest, maybe we think that we won't be loved if we're honest about what we really want to do. We want to say no. We, we want to say we don't, we don't have um, the space at the moment. So it's like we're really showing ourselves um, that act of love when we value our energy more than potentially upsetting someone else. There's this really great um, Queen Afua quote. If you have not read Sacred Woman, you need it in your life. Trust me, it is life altering. Uh, it's just a great manual on life, on healing, um, connecting with your womb, and really embodying your divine feminine essence. So she says that the price for freedom may be high, but the price that we pay for being imprisoned and cut off from the very root of our being is even higher. When you choose life, you must have the courage to sacrifice your old, worn out, ineffective self. So when we place boundaries, just know your old self will feel challenged, will feel scared, will want to run in the other direction. That doesn't mean it's not worth it. It is a million percent worth it. So moving into our needs, okay? And needs are connected to our boundaries. For a very long time, I did not know that I could ask for what I need. Not only can I ask for what I need, I can be received and reciprocated 
for what I need. I didn't even know (laughs) what I needed at one point. And if you're listening to this right now and you're also like, I don't know what I, (laughs) I don't know what, what I need either. That's completely okay. I think a lot of us might not actually know what our emotional needs are. Like, I feel like our physical needs are probably a little bit more obvious, you know, of course, like food, exercise, shelter, um, but our emotional needs, I think a lot of our emotional needs were not met. So we didn't necessarily know what we didn't receive emotionally growing up. And we didn't know that we could ask them from people we love. We didn't even know how to give them to ourselves. So um, something that I like to practice is that on a very consistent basis, sometimes I ask myself in my body, what do you need right now? And I, at first I wouldn't really get an immediate response and I'd be like, ah, I don't know, you know? And then now it's more of like immediate, you need this, you need to go do this, you need to journal, you need um, to go, go on a walk. Like I will actually get a response through practice of asking myself, how can I give you what you need, right? I'm asking myself, what can I do for you? Because here's the thing. We expect others to know what we need when we don't even know what we need. We think that they know more than we know. And on top of that, we then don't communicate what we need, nor do we go find out what we need. So do you see there's just like this giant loop of like confusion? So it's really um, some great ways to start is um, ask yourself what makes you feel loved? What makes you feel seen? What makes you feel heard? When someone is listening to you, what indications do you look for to be like, wow, like they really are, are are fully here with me. Is it their presence? Is it because they can add on to what you're saying and they're really adding to the conversation? Or is it them not really saying anything and just, just being there? Everyone's needs are completely different. But it's important to know what ways make you feel loved. You know, what is that ideal? We know what we don't want. We're really good at saying, I don't want this. You're not doing this right. Trust me. (laughs) We're really good at that. We're so good at that. But have we asked ourselves, well, then what would it look like to be fully loved? Right? How can we explain and express that to someone we love? Hey, um, when you do this, it makes me feel really heard. Like, I love that. Like, let's, let's do more of that. Um, or maybe you can say, this didn't really make me feel seen when you did this. Could you try doing this instead? So there's ways that we can express it when we know what we need. So it's okay if we don't know what we need, but I think it's important for us not to place that responsibility on anyone else but us first. 
we have to find that out for ourselves. And um, it, it kind of can take a while. It takes practice to build it up, to find out. Um, you know, it can take many, many journals and, and questions. But when you start to figure out like what makes you feel the most loved, valued, appreciated, um, what makes you feel like you really belong, having someone meet that and having someone enjoy doing that, enjoy loving you the way you deserve to be loved is, is really beyond, is really beyond any kind of like mental expectation. It's, it's such an inconceivable feeling. It's, a, it's indescribable. But it shows us that sometimes it's us that is not leading the way to show others how to love us. And that doesn't mean, again, that we tolerate, you know, abuse or, or maybe very low vibrational senses of love. But it, it shows us that sometimes people do need guidance. People need your communication. Um, and that's something even me, like I didn't necessarily know how to communicate my needs in the past I thought it was just supposed to be a known thing but um I really hadn't taken the time to figure out what works best for me what works it's like even asking yourself simple things like what are your love languages you know the five love languages of quality time words of affirmation gifts physical touch and acts of service what ways are you like oh my god this friend this person they they love me so much they show me so much love what is your first what is your strongest love language what is it for you and then what is your lowest because you never know if a friend or a partner your lowest love language right like number five on the list could be their number one and maybe you guys just haven't talked about it. You know, what ways do I show you that I love you? What ways do you love? What do you want me to do more? Um, what's something that you feel like I can improve on? It's, it's these kind of conversations that show us that we could always ask for what we need. We just had to really find out. Um, yeah, it really had to be more of like a self-discovery process. And a lot of times we realize a lot of fights, a lot of arguments, a lot of disagreements or not seeing eye to eye with someone, a lot of that is just miscommunication and not speaking about boundaries, needs, intentions. Um, you know, why are we really here? What are we really doing? What is our higher you know, purpose in this, I think a lot of it is just things that we haven't learned about ourselves and things that we haven't communicated to others. So when we realize that, we realize that we are a lot more in control of what we receive than we think we are. We just sometimes aren't asking the right questions or asking the questions that are going to shift things in our lives. Part of walking light and living an illuminated life is doing a lot of 
inner self work that shows up when you are around others. It's really living a life that is not intentionally harming anyone, not wishing harm on anyone, really living as the change you want to see and protecting your energy. And all of that sounds great, but that also comes with full transparency. Like if I'm being really honest, um, today, (laughs) today was not the best day. Like today I woke up feeling really emotional, really activated. Um, I was feeling so frustrated at myself at trying to, whenever I couldn't do something simple and I wasn't able to do it or something was stuck, I could feel myself getting really angry at myself. Um, I even questioned if I wanted to record the podcast today because I was like, okay, I'm literally recording a podcast episode called Being the Light. (laughs) And I feel like everything but that right now. But this is where I'm telling you, this is being the light. This is exactly what I'm talking about. It's showing up imperfect. It's being honest. It's not needing to perform. It's not needing people to like you. It is being as honest and raw as possible. It's me right now letting go of who I think I should be or how I should sound like or what I should be saying and really allowing myself to show up in this moment as I am. No edit, no fix, no nothing, as I am. And that is terrifying, like really terrifying. But this is what it takes. To me, this is truly what it means to be the light. And I think it's interesting. I think it's kind of funny and ironic the way today happened. And this was recorded. And this was just showing me, well, you know, you got to practice. It's, it, it was really just a testament to practicing what you preach, walking the walk, not just talking the talk. What's so great about protecting your energy is preserving your light, right? There is this beautiful, glistening inner life that you have that no one else knows about. You get to share whatever experiences you have in your life. You get to choose what you share and what you don't. And don't get me wrong, I'm definitely that person that like something will happen to me and I have that urge to just be like, oh my God, I need to tell someone about this. You know, whether it's spiritually or something, and I'm like, oh, I need it. someone has to know. And I, I love to go on and on and on and, and talk for hours. But as I've grown in the last year or two, I can tell the way I pull all my energy back to me by giving experiences to myself, by having this private spiritual life that I don't really talk that much about, that I don't really express certain details on. It's, it's like this golden pool of like riches and treasures that is like just for you. 
It's just for you to build, to experience, to come home to. And so I just want to say that maybe the next time you might have the urge to to tell someone or express this energy of something that just happened to you during meditation, ask yourself, can I breathe this in and, and give this energy to myself? There's something that I call um, the camera roll of your soul. So of course, you know, we all have our phones, we all have our camera rolls and we take photos and we're always out and, you know, taking photos of everything. But there's something about the camera roll of your soul that only you see, right? Go on a walk by yourself without your phone. That's how you build up the camera roll of your soul. Go on a vacation, go on a trip, tell no one. I mean, for safety reasons, you know, you, know, you might want to tell one or two people, but like you get what I'm saying, right? Okay, tell that one or two person safety purposes, but go on that trip, come back, and don't tell anyone about it. And let that just marinate inside of you of how good you felt traveling by yourself, living fully present in your body. I have a journal prompt for you guys today. Actually, it's it's like a two-in-one. Y'all know I love a lengthy journal prompt. First thing, say no this week. If you genuinely feel it and you are met with a situation, I want to encourage you to say no. Just one time this week. I'm pretty sure it will definitely come up. Two, make a list of your needs. This might be you making a list of your needs for the first time. Or this might be a call for you to revisit them. Make a list of your needs and ask yourself if you meet these needs yourself. So do you meet these needs from you to you? And if you do, ask if you openly communicate your needs to others and see the areas where you could be more um, vocal about what you need. And that's all, folks.